Hey there, people of the interwebs. You're listening to the Bookies Podcast. And if you're listening to the Bookies Podcast, chances are you're a serious reader. And what do all serious readers need? Bookmarks. Which you, you can get your hand-painted original bookmarks at patreon.com slash destinycomics. Um, this episode is brought to you by destinycomics.com. That's comics spelled C-O-M-I-X dot com. And on our Patreon, we do have original hand-painted bookmarks. Um, we have a bookmark of the month club where you get an original bookmark uh, for only $5 a month. Um, so I, I know if you're listening to the bookies, you're a, a serious reader. You've read One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You need more bookmarks. Sorry, my wife is just realizing how shameless I am with this open air. Um, with that said, this episode is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, written by Ken Kessley. Um, this is a serious work. Um, it is a rough read, um, but I hope you enjoy this episode and deep dive into One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, that's a game I haven't played yet. Um, I think some of my friends have it. It's pretty fun. So, I don't yeah, know. Got... Dan, I thought you were making a pun about them being unstable, like horses. Oh no, there's there's, there's a game called Unstable Unicorns. That's, that's the name of the game. One of those uh, came out on Kickstarter about a year ago. So we played a round of that and two rounds of Exploding Kittens last night. I don't think it could be a fun game. Yeah, expl- exploding kittens is is a fun game. You have a you have a draw pile, and you have one less exploding kitten than players in the pile, and everybody starts the game with a defuse card, and there are a couple extra in the deck that can be drawn. So if you draw an exploding kitten, you can play a diffuse card, and then you can take the exploding kitten and pick up the deck. You can't reorder the deck, but you hide it under the table and place the exploding kitten wherever you desire in the deck and then set it back on the table. So with three of us, there were two exploding kittens in it. And if you don't have the diffuse card, then kitten explodes and you're out of the game. So with three player game and two exploding kittens, it's the surviving player who wins. <laughs> they, they have skip cards. They have cards that let you read the future. You get to look at the top three cards and see what they are, but you can't change the order of them. or attack card, you can card you're going to play, and the last thing you do is draw. You draw last. So if you get the exploding kitten and you don't have a diffuse card, boom, okay, you went out with a bang on that turn. So with the skit card, you don't have to draw. And with an attack card, the player next to you that you threw the attack card on they now have to draw two cards and you don't have to draw one. So if you're pretty sure that top card's an exploding kitten, you have you have those two outs and there's also a shuff, couple of shuffle cards that allow you to pick up the draw deck and shuffle it, change the order. So 
So you have a couple of options to avoid being the person stuck with the, with the top card. But, uh, all right. And then there, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, we should probably get the order down. Um, I was going to say, this is what I got. I'll just throw this out of Bonnie, Justin, Lewis, Wayne, Maylene, Brandon. Okay. Run that by again. Bonnie first. Bonnie. Then Justin. Justin. Then Lewis. Lewis. Wayne. Wayne. Maylene. Maylene. And Brandon. Brandon. You have too many vowels in your name, Maylene. <laughs> what, just, just because, what, five of them are vowels? <laughs> that's not a lot. Funny. I mean, just because I have five vowels in my name doesn't mean that that's a lot. <laughs> oh, so that means you're counting Y. Okay, all right. Oh, okay. Oh. oh, okay, four, whatever. Just because half my name is vowels, doesn't <laughs> I think your vowel is... <laughs> I think I got Justin the snort. I'll take that as a victory. <laughs> I like your um, tree. Thanks. Nice to see you, Bonnie. Hi. Hi, Bonnie. All right, I have 14 minutes to talk before my timer goes off. <laughs> oh, you're working on dinner? I'm working on dinner, yeah. <laughs> we just, yeah, I was just going to. It's okay. She, it's fine. She's on the dark side. She's baking cookies. <laughs> I did that already this week. I'm not doing any more today. <laughs> so, um, real quick, we are the Bookies. We are a monthly book club podcast. This is our yearly out of continuity ish uh, episode where we're going to just this uh, episode talk about Christmas and holiday specials. This is like the, the what if episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's more like I just wanted to put something out there that was um, all Christmas cheer. That's that's yeah. where my headspace has been this this Christmas season. Well, yeah, because let's be honest, it's been a weird one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Especially for this one, it's because it's been so weird. Like we kind of need some sense of yeah, holiday Christmas, Christmas cheer, happiness. Yes, it's not going to be my turn. Very cheerful. Mm-hmm. Yours is cheerfully. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to introduce ourselves? What? Are we going to introduce ourselves, like people wise, voice wise. Uh, I'm Brandon. I'm Aileen Noel. Wait. <laughs> That's all we got. That's all we got. <laughs> Uh, okay. I'm Bonnie Stallard. <laughs> I am Lewis Lopez. I'm Wayne Abraham. <laughs> yeah, I figured we were going to go off of the order of the we list. We went out of order. We didn't know what to do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we we just it's it's Christmas, uh, <laughs> right? So, we're tired. Uh, Bonnie. Um, yes. So I, I got to start with something. Yeah, I threw you under the bus, so. It's okay. Well, here's the thing, because everybody else, like, on our group chat preparing for this, picked a story. And I'm like, I got to pick one. One? I got to <laughs> pick one? I love Christmas. Um, And I thought, like, okay, it, I'll be honest. Book-wise, I'm like, ah. 
no. Movie wise, I'm like, give me an hour. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I, I first was leaning towards White Christmas because that's like my childhood favorite. I love all the music and the dancing. I'm a theater girl, so it's a musical, okay? Mm-hmm. And it has a happy ending and it's romantic. So I'm please. What's the, what's the one? The White Christmas. It's Bing Crosby. No, and the the, the song. Uh, uh, Pity to the man who comes between me and my sister. Yes, yes. Actually, at our wedding, my sister and I sang that song. That's our that's our thing. There's the sister group, and the sister's song is our song. My sister and I. Uh, that's I, a really I, good song. Yeah, yeah. It is a good song. It is Man, a good wait, song. I thought quite, about that. We didn't quite and set that, this up yet. In, in terms of like, normally we're a book podcast, right? But in this right. case, because of Christmas, we decided to go with like a, like a movie or a short story or, or whatever media we whatever. want. Had to do with Christmas, so yeah. yeah. So then I was thinking about well, what if, which is a Christmas movie? Okay, people can argue about it. Feel free to argue about it in the comments. But it is a Christmas movie. It takes place on Christmas Eve at a Christmas party. It is a Christmas movie or Gremlins Christmas movie. Hello, the the you Wagway. How do they the, the anyway the Gremlin Yagwai the Gremlin Magwai the Gremlin is a Christmas present. It's a Christmas movie and it is a. Not exactly happy, although it does have a good ending. And I thought about it has that weird moment where the girlfriend's dad, she's telling the story where like right. her dad died in the chimney trying to play Santa. And that's how she found out there was no Santa Claus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's super like this really sad moment where you're like, this movie was originally gonna be darker than it was, and they decided to add some humor to this because you don't remember that movie? Oh that moment? Oh my goodness. It was it's supposed like to serious, be awful- like kick in the gut you know part of the movie and then i was thinking you know something like something along those lines even red red starts at christmas time um what was it we we're just watching oh shazam takes place at christmas that is a christmas movie. <laughs> i was thinking all these movies <laughs> are normally christmas movies but take place at christmas and then i thought about one movie that is a christmas movie shazam that I would... and my mind went to the shaquille o'neal like not real movie thing that everybody thinks <laughs> no no the newer I one about the actual comic book movie shazam my mind went the to comic the book movie shazam starring um exactly right yeah as <laughs> uh, as the shazam part not the kid uh, part exactly. which was really good if you haven't seen that one super great so yeah, great it's a great one it's a great yeah. one it's one of the redeeming dc movies yes totally and I'm then I then I realized Marvel there thing. is a Christmas movie that I will watch any time of the year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be Christmas. I quote it a lot because I'm a major weepa. The holiday, yes, I know. It is the holiday. Maylene, you're here. You're with me on this one. So yeah, if you but... haven't seen the holiday, it's it's a rom com. It totally is, Resume, but it is fantastic. I really used to identify. I mean, I'm happily married now, but Kate Winslet's character starts unhappily in love with someone who does not reciprocate it and just letting him walk all over her and take advantage of her friendship because she's completely in love with him. And she's like depressed and it's horrible. And you got Cameron Diaz who just broke up with her boyfriend and she can't even cry. And she's got like, got to get away. And they switch houses and for Christmas and both end up finding themselves and finding love. And it is this beautiful story it's got some great funny moments there's even a random uh cameo with um dustin hoffman yeah. which wasn't planned he just happened yeah. to be on set and they decided to throw him in it in the video store which we don't even do anymore but you've got jack black 
doing music to random videos because he's he, he's a movie scorer. He does the music for movies and Hollywood. That's, that's what he does, his character. And he's like doing all these like funny things and is this embarrassing you? And she's just laughing and having a great time and it's super cute. No, it's, it's actually worth watching. Like I just bought it digitally yeah. um, like a week ago. Like I've seen it a hundred times, but it's it's worth watching. See, in my mind, it's always been compared to um, Love Actually in terms of those two movies. And I, I always go with Love Actually, so I've just never seen um, The Holiday. I, I watched The Holiday again last night with, like, well, with, I mean, like, at the same time as my mom and one of my sisters. <laughs> right. We were texting during it, and we were all laughing at, like, a different parts. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh. You know, we were just okay. quoting our favorite lines from it. <laughs> Did you all synchronize starting the movie at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, we did. One That's of my favorite characters in that movie is the old movie man. <gasps> yes. And, uh, and, and, and the neighbor. Oh, the, the old Hollywood guy. Yeah. It it is it is just it's real. Like I mean, there's as far as like there's there's real life drama in it, but like it's by the end of the movie, you have you have Kate Winslet's character is finally over this stupid jerk. <laughs> Breaks her heart at the beginning of the movie by getting engaged after leading her on that he might be wanting to get back together. Yeah. Even though totally. he's getting married to somebody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she's finally over him and free and, and, and you know, which when I was still single and had been through that kind of thing, that was very much like my power movie. <laughs> she's my soul sister. But um, aside from that, like, there's these great moments. You've got... um. Oh, what's Cameron Diaz's her the character who plays her brother, the actor who plays him? I just blanked. Maylene. J- J- Jonathan yeah. Diaz. I don't know. I'm a major weepa. Yeah. He no, plays Jude Law. Yes, Jude Law. Thank you. I'm only he Cameron Diaz's love interest, not her brother. Oh, love interest. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Kate Winslet's brother. My bad. Okay. Anyway, Jude Law. I super identify with him because he's one of those people who cries at Hallmark cards. And I'm like, yes, I am too. And it's just, there's just like, like, it's beautiful. It's, it's happy. There's some sad moments, but it's, it's, I'm happy with it because it's a happy ending because I like that. But I don't want to spoil too much because Lewis hasn't seen it. But Lewis, I recommend it. I highly recommend it. Like I said, it's one of those that I can hear. Go watch it. It's one of those I can watch all year (laughs) round. It doesn't have to be Christmas time for me to enjoy that movie. I'll watch um, it literally in like August or like, right? you know, any other month. I'm like, oh, let's put the holiday. That's a good movie. You it know? has its moments. Cameron Diaz driving on the wrong side of the road in England. Black <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Black kind of steals the movie for me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He does. It's, um, it's a good it's, August it's, film when the weather's hot to watch a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's got some good actors, and it's a good story. Like, it's well done. Um, well, here, tell you what. I'll watch it in June, and then I'll let you know how I feel about it. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Just watch it and let me know. Whenever you watch it, you got to text and be like, I finally watched it. This is what I think. And, you know, out of 10 stars or whatever. I'm just going to text you, girl. <laughs> Cameron Diaz. Ooh. Right? Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so The Holiday. Fantastic movie, wonderful story. Watch it if you haven't. If you have, watch it again. Okay, I'm done. Sure. Your turn. Yeah. Okay. Well, mine. I don't know. It, it might be kind of a, you know, 
I don't That's know. But your personal opinion. My is your I, I this has become a tradition for me since I was in high school. So that's been a long time. Twenty some odd years. Yeah. <laughs> and I have read it every year in December or listened to a version of it on late lately I've on been listening to it on Audible. I have five different no six different variations of it on Audible. <clears throat> and they're all different. But mine is uh, A Christmas Carol by jo- uh, Charles Dickens. Oh, okay. And okay. Uh, I, I, I... It is sort of the quintessential Christmas story, but yeah, at the same time... I, it, it, it's the quintessential adult Christmas story. Right. Yes. It's, Have you seen Disney's version? That's terrifying. It speaks to the it, adult version of Christmas with parties and family... Yes. Acquaintance, it's right. not as magical for like children and stuff. And it's 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 a redemption story. Yes, you know it. it it's one of the reasons I I think it's one of the reasons I like it because it's like okay, no matter how bad or miserly you are, there there is the possibility of redemption. Just yeah. this Christmas season alone, I've watched four different versions: The Muppets, yeah. Looney yeah. Tunes. Yes. Um. Uh. Mr. Magoo and the. Oh, fourth, I watched. Oh. I watched yeah. What yeah. was the fourth one? Huh? What, what was, was the fourth, fourth one? one? Um. The Flintstones. When, oh, nice. Oh, I haven't seen the Flintstones one. Oh. <laughs> Although there's there was a musical one done in the seventies, I think, late seventies. Was that Scrooge? What? No. No, that the Scrooge was with uh, Bill Murray. Not Scrooge. It's just Scrooge. Oh. No D at the end. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, It might be, but they had this whole song in there about while they're carrying a coffin. It has nothing to do with the story at all. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, and worst version ever. I don't, oh, you I don't, take that back. I will fight you right now. Come to my house right now and I will fight you. I, mean, sorry, I am sorry, but I am fighting your husband. Drive over there so that I can fight you. As the story goes, because there, there's so much artistic licensing in that one. You know, that, I will have, fight you right now, mister. <laughs> it's because it's not true to the story and yeah. he's a traditionalist. Like Because right, he's that, read the story so many times. But, but that one, Scrooge goes to hell and they... Yeah. Get, they give him the chains and they won't light the coal in hell and <laughs> putting Bob Cratchit's shit. Like, I like that. Right, but it's not in the story. It's not yeah. in the original story. I will, it's I it's, I it's all right for what it is. I will give it that. But as a, a Christmas carol, that's just off. Brandon, as picky oh. as you get about superheroes costumes, give this to Justin, okay? Uh, uh, okay. Oh, I also watched the Doctor Who version. Oh, seen, nice. So six. I've seen six versions of Christmas Brad, carols. Brad, not the one you have to worry about. I am. I will fight you. <laughs> no, it's the real know. spirit of Christmas. Maylene wanting to I, fight I people on the internet. Over their opinion. I'm just curious because it is like the, the perennial classic. Yeah. Uh, I've seen six different versions of it. What is your favorite, Justin? What's your favorite? Um, my favorite for a long time was the one with uh, Patrick Stewart. 
but that was because that was the only one I had seen at that time. I got vague memories of that one. Um, it was made for TV, though, so it has a smaller budget. Since then, I have seen... I can't remember the actors. Um, I, ha- I have to say the uh, the animated one that the, they did recently with Jim Carrey was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. The the uh, as far as uh, following the storyline goes in the beginning, it it, it follows the, the 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 written one the closest. Uh, call, although they go completely off the wall with the whole Hearst. the Hearst chase scene with the the ghost of uh, Christmas Future. It was the they had uh, it was a three D animated film. Yeah. And they it was had to, to be in 3D glasses, and yeah, they had to put something in there for the 3D. Yeah, um, but other than that, that it, it was pretty good. That one lives in the uncanny valley for me. It's just, it's, yeah, it doesn't look right for me. Um, but the uh, the I, I can't remember his name. The one I liked the most was done, I think, in the 80s. Um, I can't remember his name. Um. Let me check real quick. Um, it's going to bug me if I don't look it up. Um, uh, although uh, Bill Murray's Scrooged um, was really fun, it's an interesting concept on the on uh, on the story. Just staple the antlers to the mouse's head. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's a hard one to find. I own it on on Blu-ray. I, I have uh, not been able to find it. It's not streaming anywhere unless you rent it. Yeah, unless you rent it. But like I I like two or three years ago, her mom got it for me on Blu-ray. It's it's yeah. that's one of my favorites. Let's see. Um, who's the actor? Um, so you mentioned Uncanny Valley, Brandon. The, the the Uncanny Valley movie for me has always been the Polar Express, the Tom Hanks one. Oh, I don't yeah. know what it is, but there's something about the animation of his like the the characters in that movie, his conductor, all that kind of stuff. They they look like they're secretly going to murder the kid the whole damn movie. Something about it. I don't know what it is. I can't watch it. It's a shame because that's that's a, a mazek is a. The director, Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. Like, I love Robert Zemeckis, but lately he's been just doing these computer animated things. Yeah. I, that just don't look right when he did I Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, yeah. And, like and he, that's I, really easy to do with computer animation. There's like, there's like a very fine line between yeah. wonderful and, and quirky and then like, oh, crazy evil. Like, no. Yeah. Like, I will always go see a, a Robert George, Zemeckis film. George C. Scott's. Ah. A Christmas Carol is That's one of Maylene's favorites too. Is probably my favorite one at the time, even though I haven't seen it in a long time. That particular guy who plays Scrooge is the guy I see when I think of the character. Oh, know? he is your Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, you know, aside from uh, uh, Scrooge McDuck, right? You know, <laughs> That's the, a good the, one. the version with him. Was Alan, really good too. Mickey, Alan, is that Mickey's a Christmas Carol. I think it is. That one's good. Yeah, we have that one. Yeah, What's Alan. That? The Mickey Mickey's a Christmas Carol. Yeah, Alan yeah. Young was still voicing Scrooge at the time. It's 
Yeah, that one's solid. Yeah. It's fantastic. In fact, when we were watching the new Disney one, um, the, when he's going home, and we actually paused it and rewound it, Justin's like, look, that looks, it looks like Goofy's Marley, the way, the shape of the house. <laughs> like the way, the way the, the windows and the doors are and everything in the shape of the house, it, it looks very much like a blocky version of Goofy's head. Goofy plays Marley in the, in the, the Mickey's Christmas Carol. And it was- it, it's funny. I was talking to Maylene, <laughs> like I think yesterday about a Christmas Carol. And I was thinking, I, I might not do it, but I was thinking it'd be fun to do a version of Christmas Carol that focuses on Jacob Marley. Mm. Where the ghost visited him, but he didn't get the lesson. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That uh, would be interesting. Yeah, it would actually. I seem to remember. You're going to tell me something. A, a synopsis uh, of a of a book recently. I didn't look at the book itself, but something that was similar along those lines. But it's uh, what happened if Scrooge didn't didn't listen to Marley. Didn't listen to Marley. Didn't get redeemed and. Sad. Well, um, there's also the real Ghostbusters did a Christmas Carol version where they bust in and 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 bust the the Christmas ghosts, <laughs> and then they realize, oh, oh shoot, we oh, need to now fill in for the the Christmas ghosts. <laughs> sort of like a like a weekend at Bernie's type situation, right? Oh gosh, oh They're I haven't seen that movie in forever. Yeah. That's so. Funny. <laughs> so wrong and so funny all at the same time not a christmas movie (laughs) there's a a movie that came out last year the year before and it's about charles Charles dickens Dickens writing writing a christmas carol a man who invented christmas yes Yes. and was good and that was really good how you know how he was coming up with the characters and in his imagination halfway through it because i forget family or something but yeah. we always attended intended to go back to it. Yeah, we if, it. if you ever get a chance to finish it, I, uh, I I would go. I would watch it again. Yeah. You know what I find so interesting is that A Christmas Carol is just this iconic Christmas story. Dickens wrote like one every year for like sixty years or something. I mean, there's a, an atrocious amount of Christmas stories well, that he wrote, and this is the one that's famous. The book really? that Sarah gave me for Christmas that one year. There's 114 Christmas carols written Christmas by stories. Chris, well, they're Christmas story. I like to, I don't know. I call them carols. But but Christmas stories. Christmas stories. Uh, ghost stories. A lot of them. Uh, a lot of them written by Charles Dickens. Yeah. Hmm. And, and he was the first one too. You know, it, they didn't, it was never a thing before him, but then it became this thing. Yeah. Thing. But, all anybody knows about is a Christmas Carol, but he's written yeah. tons. He wrote tons of them. He, he wrote like other books found too. The market and then long, just flooded but, it every year. Yeah, but yeah, he he you know all these short short stories for Christmas, and uh, yeah, Justin has a book. We haven't unpacked that book yet. No, we haven't. Got to got to find that box. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the the movie that I went with was a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I will say I had forgotten just how short it was in my head. Like I, I would watch it a lot as a kid. Yeah, it was only like twenty, maybe thirty minutes long maximum. 
There's but in my two... head, it's this epic, like hour and a half long folk yeah. tale. No, it's not. Commercials. <laughs> they stretch it out on TV. Yeah. There, there's actually <laughs> two versions of it because one is 22 minutes and the other's like 38 minutes. What um, are the differences? Because the original version was 38 minutes, but over the last 10 years, they've cut it down to 22 minutes for modern TV time. Oh, oh. I did not know that. I, I watched it uh, online, we'll say in pieces, and so it, it probably was about like 20-ish minutes, maybe 25, right around there. Because yeah. huh, okay. originally it was, it was um, aired un, unsplit up because it was like uh, the Coca-Cola or somebody just like, oh, it was a bank. Christmas special. One of the banks? Bank that, that like we're going to pay for like, they, they ran an advertisement the bank before the special and then after mm. but it was like the christmas charlie christmas special nice nice okay yeah i i mean the, the reason that i picked it I, I just i just love it it's got such a special place in my heart for like right? christmas movies you know um i love the animation it's not technically impressive by modern standards but nothing is and this was from 65 right but it's still very charming and and such a fun thing to look at I I watched it like literally right before we did this and I was I was laughing at out loud at numerous points in the movie like little jokes and things that I had forgotten about in the you know 5 years since I've seen it probably right. <laughs> um still, well, it, was, it still holds up it was cheap tv animation and what they pulled off with that budget was yeah was yeah impressive and the, and the thing that impressed me was how thematically um, like how it all kind of is the same. Like it, it looks a bit like a, like a watercolor painting, you know, and everything in the background is set up to look a certain way. And at one point when Charlie and them are going and getting a tree, you know, they're at the tree lot and you see like these like pink trees and like yeah. blue trees and all these weird looking trees in the background that aren't really like, it's just there to be a nice looking background, but it fits so well. It's well, so beautiful also, to look 60s, at. The, those plastic trees were in with the color wheels. Yeah. So, like, it is of its time, but still. Yeah. Of course, the, the, the Christmas tree lot by where I work, they had a uh, flocking station up for their trees, and they would do pink flocking, purple flocking, red flocking, blue really? flocking. And they would literally put your tree in there and spray paint it different colors. <laughs> And or a solid one, one solid color, or mm-hmm. they would even do it like a, a unicorn thing. They call it in rainbow colors. Just, <laughs> That's great. I like that. <laughs> Never seen that before. <laughs> it's just crazy. I had, I had one aunt that they always got a real Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and then they put the lights and the decorations on it, and then she would cover it with so much tinsel. That all you saw was the tinsel. Yes. <laughs> so it's like a silver. It, it was this tall, slender triangle of nothing but tinsel. You could see the ornaments. Like, there were ornaments on the tree, but it was. You could see little glimmers of colored lights coming out between the <laughs> gaps in the tinsel, but it was solid tinsel. It was tinsel. fantastic. I loved tinsel. That was my ideal tree when I was little. Now we and, have cats, so no tinsel. And it's like That's loose right. tinsel that you sprinkle on, basically, uh-huh. right? She very would buy, carefully placed. She would very carefully, <laughs> meticulously place it and coat the entire tree. So it didn't matter what color the tree was; it was 
silver when she but was, it was done a live tree. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh man, we used to get live trees when I was a kid too. My parents would. And looking back on it now, there was so much after Christmas cleanup because we would never, you know, throw the tree away when you were supposed no, to. No. We waited until the damn thing got brown and then all the all the needles <laughs> fell off. off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're you're vacuuming up these tiny little daggers and of course you miss, you know, 30% of them because you vacuum and you have to empty the vacuum cleaner two to four times yeah yeah while you're uh, vacuuming them up I'll God. never forget the first year my mom because you know same thing with you know me growing up Chris real Christmas tree every year and you know that was part of the fun of it of course again like you guys were saying as a kid I didn't understand the mess of it all but the, I remember the year my mom finally got um a fake tree that she could sell she oh yeah we can store and you know we can pull it out next year and i remember looking at her like she betrayed me i go how <laughs> dare you suggest even to get and she already bought it like at the time like I, as if my argument was valid at all and she goes i go goes, but Millie, it'll be so much better for cream i go mom what about the smell the christmas free <laughs> smell and she looks at me dead serious she goes Buy a freaking uh, what was it? Um, car air freshener. And yeah. okay, I am not getting a real tree this year. Or just and, now, and nowadays they sell little sticks to go in the tree. You would have thought she had told me that like Santa Claus had died. Like that's how that's how upset I was. Not only is he actually real, he also just died. Yeah, right. Like, you seriously thought like I had been betrayed, like <laughs> with how upset I was. By when it. I was a kid, the tree that my grandmother had was a tinsel tree from like the nineteen late fifties, and it was one of these ones where you take the wooden pole and screw it together, and it had it was drilled with holes. Like a woodpecker went to town on it, and each one of the limbs you had to plug it into a hole. And then it was graduated. So if you didn't get the limbs in the right holes, you'd have this wonky, <laughs> weird shaped tree. Weird shaped tree. You know, you could actually put the thing upside down if you wanted, and that would work. But um, getting back to Lewis's Christmas Carol, oh, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie Brown, like the Christmas tree, that 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 classic, you know, um, a Charlie Brown Christmas tree with the the mm-hmm. one ornament. And yeah, the, single ornament. I love that part. He he gets this tiny little tree and everybody mocks him until the very end when they turn to love it. But he takes it out to Snoopy's doghouse, who at this point has won the uh, doghouse Christmas decorating contest thing. And he takes off one of the ornaments, a single little red ball, and he puts it on his tree and the whole thing just dies. <laughs> and I love what he says. I've killed it. And then he just walks away. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. <laughs> just, it's so great. I I was like in Target or something and they had a Charlie Brown tree about yay tall bent over with the red ornament on it. See, I want to get one of those. Like the tree so, at the end is, you know, this great, magnificent, tiny, wonderful tree, but I want one of the sad dead trees. Right? <laughs> they exist. They do. Ah, oh, man, it's just know, such a like, great movie. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of uh, Charles Schultz. And, um, you know, everything that came out of that special, because that was the first of the Charlie Brown specials. If that hadn't worked, mm-hmm. like the, the next one that came out was um, the uh, the Halloween special. Great, great and, pumpkin one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, 
it, it's so I, I remember like watching the special features on the Charlie Brown because I, I own it and they were talking about how they the um, uh, the TV network wanted to cut out the Bible verse mm-hmm. where Charlie Brown explains Christmas and they had a whole fight over like no 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 if you don't leave this in you don't have a special yeah, because that's like from what I understand of the the comics and the movies and all that, like the Charlie Brown verse, we'll call it. It's always been at least covertly very like Christian, religious, and all that kind of stuff, which which is objectively not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because it's not in your face about it, and it's not it's not right. shoving it you know down kids' throats that kind of thing. You know, it's right. presented as a very old timey sort of 1950s America type deal thing, you know, the, the kind of nostalgia that a lot of people hearken back to these days for, you know, like, Oh, America used to be so great. Like it's, you know, that's kind of what it is. You know, it's the Disneyland, it's the main street, that kind of thing. But what I love about this movie is that even during that very religious scene, it's still done just as a way to kind of like literally just to answer Charlie Brown's question. He goes like, what is Christmas all about? He's disillusioned by, um, uh, corporate influences on Christmas and that kind of thing. And, and Linus literally just says here, this is what it is, as I know it from the Bible, more or less, you know, and I'm not a very religious person, but even that to me is totally fine, completely digestible and presented in just a, a nice, meaningful historical way, you know, like this is what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And, you know, I've answered your question. Like, it's just, right. it's just such a nice thing, you know? And it, yeah, it's, 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 it's not it's miasma, you know, because yeah. he spends the whole movie basically like depressed until the very end. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the trigger that gets him out of this seasonal funk that he's in. Most Charlie Brown comic, cause I'm a big fan of the comic here. Charlie Brown's depressed all the time. <laughs> like the, the very first Charlie Brown comic strips, my favorite because Charlie Brown doesn't even say anything. It's these two kids are sitting there on a doorstep and Charlie Brown's walking by and a kid goes, there's good old Charlie Brown. It's, you know, and then Charlie Brown walks over, hi, Charlie Brown. And then Charlie Brown walks off and the, the two kids are still sitting there and goes, I hate Charlie Brown. <laughs> that's, that's the first Charlie Brown. That's the that's tone. Script. That's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's four panels and it's like, good old Charlie Brown. How you doing, Charlie Brown? I hate Charlie Brown. (laughs) (laughs) So great. Like Charles Schultz found this way to be so dark and morbid with, with, but at the same time, child friendly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always take my hat off to him. It's like this Americana with a very dark undertone. (laughs) That's why he needs the the psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite, favorite lines in the whole thing is of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, have, this is a little off topic, but have you guys seen the new Charlie Brown movie that came out like three years ago? No, I haven't. No. It, no, I, I have a hat from when they did a, an event at Comic Con from it, but I didn't see the movie. No, watch that movie because the last, I'm going to spoil it for you, but the last two minutes of that movie. Charlie Brown finally builds up the courage to go, I'm going to go talk to the redheaded girl. <laughs> and he, he, he's running after the redheaded girl. He accidentally kicks the football. He accidentally flies the kite. 
It is a victory lap for Charlie Brown. <laughs> that is amazing. Everything in that last minute. And then and he doesn't even uh, notice. Doesn't even notice. Finally talks to the redheaded girl. Oh, that's great. I love that moment. <laughs> that moment. <laughs> there was a back when I was still doing acting in college, um, one of the monologues that I had done uh as like part of the casting process for some show was his peanut butter sandwich monologue from You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> I forget what what it was off the top of my head, but I just remember like, wow, I get it. Like this little kid is talking about these very dark mental themes and like I understand that as an adult. Like <laughs> this is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh I've seen it live in Idlewild. I don't know if we weren't together then because this was a long time ago. I yeah. that's one where I feel like I might have seen it at one point. Maybe like a live version. Yeah, it's it's put on quite a lot, I think. But yeah. I, if I have it, I don't think I've ever seen like a filmed version of it or anything. So the the stage version I saw, Charlie Brown was played by like a forty year old man. <laughs> so it's it's kind of hard to get into it. Well, let's yeah. be honest. He kind of is a forty year old man. <laughs> yeah, he just presents as a kid. He's got the anxiety of a forty year old man. Oh yeah, and the he's, hair and the hair yeah. and the hair. Yes, yeah. kid is full of PTSD that I he hasn't earned. <laughs> someone was trying to say, "Oh, he does have hair. It's just very fair, like you know, light skin." I go, "No, he's got that one curly cue in the forehead. That's it." <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's why like real like real life CGI versions of Charlie Brown scare the hell out of me because they do that. They give him like a completely slick hair and then like a front curly cue, and it's the most terrifying thing you've ever seen. Wow. <laughs> um, I liked the last that CGI look because they, they they did it all computers, but they were trying to make it look more claymation. Oh, that works then. Yeah, okay. Like the whole world feels like claymation, so it fits with the universe. It's like when they did the Lego movie, it all just looks like Legos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Okay. <laughs> so, anything else to say about Charlie Brown? <sighs> Not off the top of my head. It's not a big commitment. So if uh, if you haven't seen it, do go watch it. It's like 20 minutes. It won't take very long. Yeah. And I think you'll get a kick out of it. All right, uh, Wayne? Well, mine was already mentioned in passing, but uh, wasn't gone to in depth. So uh, I really like Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. <laughs> I like that one. I remember seeing it on TV as as a kid. It, its original release was December eighteenth, nineteen sixty two, on NBC. But of course, Jim Bacchus doing the voice always was the voice of Mister Magoo, and uh, Mister Magoo plays Ebenezer Scrooge in it. You know, and they've got typical Magooisms as he's trying to get to the theater to play the role, and and all sorts of wrong turns and mayhem, and accidentally ends up where he's supposed to be anyway. But um, once they get done with with all of that and get into the story, and it's I don't remember the runtime on it. It's, it's it's almost an hour because it's I, almost an, watched, it's almost an hour. Yeah, but, we watched it like the other week. It's fifty eight minutes long. 
they have 11 songs in it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, uh, including jingle, jangle, change, change in my pocket. That kind of lives in my head, like all year round at all times. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it, um, but it, in spite, in spite of the 11 songs that I guess technically makes it a musical, um, and it's just under an hour's length. They hit the high points of Dickens' A Christmas Carol better than a lot of the live-action movies I've seen, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember the, the Ghost of Christmas Future as a kid gave me nightmares. The Magoo one, because he's... He's very, very, uh, very, very creepy one. I don't remember that one. In, in it. But um, Magoo did a great, I mean, he did a great job portraying Ebenezer Scrooge. And yet he was still, he was still himself character wise. I mean, it was obviously Mr. Magoo playing Ebenezer Scrooge, but they did very little of his portrayal of Scrooge for laughs, which they could have done. There's a couple like um, jokes with, you know, my good man and, and kind of the Magoo stuff. But yeah, once you get into it. But, but one, once that, once they get into the story, it's like, it's two or three, two or three jokes, you know, where uh, Magoo is talking to an inanimate object that he misperceives as a person because of his blindness. But not very many of those. Pr- pretty much, the story is told very straightforward of of a Christmas Carol and and all of the high notes on it. Uh, it's it's my favorite version. Now, when's the last time you watched it, Wayne? Um, last time I watched it was two years ago. Two years ago? I own it. I, I own it, too. I, I just did drag it out this year. I own a disc version, a, a, CD, a DVD version, and a digital version. Um, just because I watched it like a weekend ago. and it, it They do the ghosts out of order. They do. Yes, they do. They they do them in the wrong order. They do Christmas present, and, then Christmas past, and then Christmas future. Ah, is it because I've never read the actual book? Is it literally past, present, future in the yes. book? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Huh. Yeah, but Magoo for some reason does them out of order. I don't know if there was a. I don't know why. It's really hmm. tough because. We were watching and then we both kind of got temporarily distracted by something or other. And all of a sudden, he's talking to the ghost of Christmas uh, present. And we're like, wait, did, did we miss something? Right and after Marley. I'm like, I, I think we started talking about something. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, did, did I miss Christmas past? What, what happened? And it's like you jumped oh, ahead 30 minutes. <laughs> see, even, even in my, my brain, I don't remember the ghosts being out of order. I remember what each of the ghosts looked like. Mm-hmm. 
you know. And each of the scenes with each of the ghosts follows essentially the book. So just not in the right order, but yeah. I didn't <laughs> I didn't remember that they they played with the order of it. But like I said, it's even even with eleven songs crammed into it and uh and some some will stick in your memory as brain sludge forever and ever. And some you won't remember it at all until you watch the movie again and go, oh, this song, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, but still, you know, they they kept they kept the story the story without without going for the laughs too much and and could have they could have easily done that because at that time Magoo the 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 Magoo had switched formats from. 30 minutes to an hour where they, they were adapting. They classics. were adapting classics, Moby Dick. And uh, um, that's, that's the one that comes to mind, but I know they doing great classics of literature. Great classics of literature with um, uh, Mr. Magoo. They also did. Um, uh, what's the one where the guy goes to sleep and wakes up a thousand years in the future. Oh, hundred years. Rip Van Winkle. Rip yeah, Van Winkle. Winkle. There you go. Later, yeah. Rip Van, yeah. Later, yeah. Rip Van Winkle. Like a lot of my classic literature comes from uh, Mr. Magoo. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, they went to the longer formats because the classics take longer. I, you know, it's like Mr. Magoo and Wishbone. Like that's where my classic literature nice. comes from. Right. <laughs> so what you're saying I, is I those had, are like a master class on classics. <laughs> I, I had I had forgotten that until you just mentioned it. I wonder if they have a boxed set of his Mr. Magoo's classics. I, they really should because probably are, if they don't, they should. Yeah, I so, would get it. Yeah, I, now that you mention it, yeah, that's that that I, I'm going to go hunt on Amazon for that because I do remember <laughs> watching those. Well, I'll pass it on to Maylene. Okay, so. Um... I, at first, when we first started talking about it, um, before anyone has a, you know, like, I want to do this one, whatever, I, it was, I, all through my mind, I kept thinking of all, you know, the possibilities, and I was like, oh, I could do this one, oh, I could do that one, and I had a hard time choosing, because, you know, initially, I was, like, wanting to be one of the first one, like, I want this one, but then, like I said, I kept thinking of, like, oh, different ones every, like, half a second, you know, so I was kind of glad when people started saying, oh, I want this one. I was like, okay, that one's taken off the table, you know. But <laughs> okay. finally, you know. You just go with the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> like, it's fine. Right, right. It's, it's not a Christmas special. It's a Life Day special. Holiday That's special. right. That's right. Wookiee Life Day. That's not at all if, Christmas related. <laughs> if, yeah. if Disney had the balls, that would be on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I'm just saying, like yep. the... I'll say, I have to go with one of my favorites, which was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's which, one of the... which version? The the cartoon? Um, All the versions. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, no, specifically the cartoon one, because, I mean, don't get me wrong, I did like, you know, the Jim Carrey one, mm-hmm. um, especially Martha May, because she makes me think of my mom. <laughs> and, like, legit, that's my mom. It was so funny. I remember being... Sorry, side note. I remember watching the Jim Carrey version in theater, and I, you know, I don't know how many of you guys have seen the, that version. But um, first, 
you see Cindy Lou's mom, you know, played by Molly Shannon, like, oh, can you get the light out of the fridge? Can you, you know, putting as many lights as she could? And I leaned over to my mom and go, mom, that's you. And then it panned over to Martha May and she's got that gun and she's like, you know, putting the lights all over the house. I go, and my stepdad goes, no, that's your mother. <laughs> so, um, but you know, so I like that one. I liked the one with Benedict Cumberbatch. They were all, you know, good, good versions. But I, I have to give it to the classic Boris Karloff, yeah. you know, uh, animated, what was it, 30 minutes? Uh, 38 minutes. Something like that. 30, 30 to 40 minutes, whatever one it is. Because, um, well, for so many reasons, but I feel like they just stuck to the story like pretty well. I feel like they didn't feel like they needed to add a whole bunch of bells and whistles to it, you know? Um, and I liked the music. And come on, you can't beat Boris Karloff. <laughs> that was my... That was my introduction to him, at, like him. I remember being as a ki- you know kid, thinking, "Oh, that's a creepy voice." And then as I got older, I forget which movie of his it was, but I watched the first time I ever actually watched a movie with him, like in person. He spoke. I go, "Is that the Grinch?" <laughs> like just right away. Was that? Oh, it says it. Was Justin talking? Justin was talking, but he. Oh, no. No, I think we lost it. Did we lose him? No! No! <laughs> oh, I think we lost him. The image is frozen. The unicorn has entered the room. No, Justin's talking about unicorns. Mm-hmm. Lost. He cut out of the head. We're hearing a syllable about every four seconds. <laughs> I think they were going to have to drop out and come back. I see their picture again. Oh, shoot. Oh, no. Can you guys see us? Can you hear us? Hello, hello, hello. I can hear you. Hello. Is anyone there? Hello. We can hear you now. Oh, we heard that. Hey, now you're moving. Okay. Are you back? It's a Christmas miracle. Exactly where we left off. I have no idea where we were. Yeah. Horace Carlock, hey. first time you heard his voice. Yes. Yes. Go there. Yes. First time I ever saw him in a movie, I was like, that's a Grinch. Nice. <laughs> I think that's a Grinch. Mom, is that the Grinch? <laughs> it's funny. You you mentioned that one and um, how they stuck to the book and didn't add anything to it. Like, I, I like the Jim Carrey version and I like the little oh, in-universe yeah. extra stuff they did to it. And uh, I... I, I don't I mean? There's not an hour and a half worth of content in the book, you know. There's just no, not. There's not. Uh, the first time I watched it, I was kind of irritated with it, to be honest. Yeah. Since then, I've grown to love it. But the first time I watched it, I was like, "Why did I love the stuff to the Grinch?" What are you well, talking about? Since, since what then, you Cindy Lou is the only one who has any idea about what Christmas is about. <laughs> all the who suddenly don't. Excuse me. I mean, this is a commentary on society, but the who's were all about the Christmas spirit. This is I was I was really mad. Now we watched it the other night, and I was like, "Oh yeah." But I feel like I feel like that version in particular looks much better um, in retrospect, simply because we now have also the live action version of Cat in the Hat, which was just terrible. You know, so so the so the Grinch in comparison looks like it's aged really well. You know, and so it looks better now. Um, Yeah, Yeah, but like also like. 
Boris, there's something special with Boris Karloff and then Chuck Jones's animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have Chuck yeah. Jones, yeah. the master of like Looney Tunes, switching over and going over to Universal and and doing that with Dr. Seuss characters. Mm-hmm. The the expression that he gets out of those character designs. So yes. good. And you can see some of the Chuck Jones like i don't know mannerisms isn't the right word but his cartoon mannerisms will say like you can see his influence on it but he still tried his best to sort of match the like look of the book you know and i think he was very successful in that regard yes yes one of my favorite images um and i just saw it recently i think brandon showed it to me it was boris karloff in the recording studio and Chuck Jones standing behind him and literally he was just reading from the book. There was like no script or anything. It was just Boris Karloff reading the book. They didn't feel the need to print out a copy script for Boris Karloff to read. So they just gave him the book? <laughs> I like that. That's great. They're like, oh no, yeah. we don't need to add things. We don't need to take, take away things. We'll just, just read the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The only major difference that Chuck Jones did was he made the Grinch green because the original illustrations oh, he's gray. Yeah. There is yeah. he aren't the original illustrations sort of black and white? I think so. There's color. There's is, color. Is there? like, I think there's okay. kind of flashes of color. Yeah, splashes of color. But like um you know, Dr. Seuss made him gray and Chuck Jones came and was like, No, he's green. Like this is huh. green okay. and yellow and you know, he checked yeah. Jones did. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And so I guess that means what we know of as the Grinch was sort of influenced by Chuck Jones. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot and of it. Chuck jo- Chuck Jones is a master animator. Like um, the moment where he's slithering like a snake through the toys and mm-hmm. the- yes. And come on, I mean, who doesn't like? The theme song, but you're mean when Mr. Grinch. That's, right. that's an awesome Christmas song. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So, yeah, I just... Because I was kind of like you, Bonnie, for a while. I was like, okay, I want... There are all these other great movies that I could pick or stories right. or whatever. And, you know, I even thought about doing, like, Christmas... Like a Christmas movie that... Even if it's a big, you know, a lot of people like it, you, it's not necessarily the first one that you might think of. Right. Like, you know, I thought of the Santa Claus, you know. Mm. Like, oh, that would be a fun one to do. Just, you know, <laughs> how the transition of power gets to Santa, whatever. Right. And then I thought of like a couple other ones that like, you know, Bonnie said, the holiday or movies that are Christmas movies, but you don't necessarily think Christmas right away. You think of like the romance of that movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I kept coming back to the Grinch. I'm like, you know what? I I gotta do it. I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta <laughs> I gotta do the Grinch because I don't know. It's just anytime I, I anytime I wa- watch a Christmas movie, like it's the Christmas holiday. I'm going through my list of okay, I gotta watch this movie this year at some point. Mm-hmm. The Grinch is always on that list. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I it, it, there's the Grinch. At least one version of a Christmas Carol doesn't matter to me which one. Muppets. <laughs> Muppets. <laughs> it does matter to Brandon. <laughs> it does matter to Brandon. Or, you know, whatever. I got to watch those movies. I got to watch some, you know, 
like there are four or five movies, Christmas movies, mm-hmm. that I'm like I have to watch at some point from December first to Christmas, and The Grinch is always on that list. The yeah. perennial classics. I'm a bit like you in that regard too. It's been a lot less this year because this year, yeah. but I, I do have a, a good grouping of Christmas movies that I love to watch. Um, just recently I watched, this is completely tangential, but I just watched the uh, last Christmas movie with the actress who played Daenerys Targaryen on Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. How was that? I'm not going to spoil the ending, Come but the ending you. is very twisty. It's, it's really kind of cool. Parts of it are charming. Parts of it are funny. It's not the best movie, honestly, but it's it's watchable. You should watch it. <laughs> That's the best review I've heard of that, by the way. Well, because I went into it with no expectations, not low expectations, but no expectations. And so I, I didn't know what to expect. And so it was just like, well, you know, it's on. I'll watch it. Okay, cool. I'm glad I watched it. Like that was it. <laughs> interesting because the only review before now that I ever heard about it, someone told me that, that it was really good. They're like, oh, you should watch it. So let's interesting to hear like it is surprisingly good because you think it's just like a cheesy one-off christmas movie and that's it but there's a bit more substance to it than that that's good to hear because this year we we started as soon as thanksgiving was over started watching the christmas movies (laughs) so like literally the moment my dad left we cleaned the dishes up up our Christmas tree and started Christmas movies like that night (laughs) this year we've watched everything from like some of the classics the Bishop's Wife, Christmas in Connecticut. Um, they like said six different versions of the Christmas Carol. Um, we just watched um, a, a Holiday Affair. Like you know, some some classic old school Christmas movies. And gotta say, most of them were impressive. Uh, Holiday Inn, really good. Yeah. Um, some of them stand up. Some of them don't. Yeah, uh, some of them don't quite stand the test of time. Yeah, you have to take them with a, a grain of salt and uh, the time period it was put in. But Christmas in Connecticut, this tangent like the uh, holiday Holiday Inn. There's that one scene yeah. that's oh, like, that hit a, that's okay. exactly what I was thinking too. Mom. I was like, are you kidding me? Because we watched it for the first time last year or the year before. We'd never seen it, and there's a scene with blackface, and we we're like, what the what? You <laughs> Bing Crosby blackface. It was oh my god. <laughs> it was really, really, really hard to watch. I think the rest of the movie was really great, and the story was really great, but that scene was really just. Are you kidding me? I think so yeah, you have to take it. You have to know ahead of time, otherwise it's going to throw you off. It'll still yeah. probably throw you off, but know ahead of time that there's a scene there. I'll say. I think the first time we watched yeah. it together, like there, once they got to that scene, we're both kind of like. Are you seeing this? Like you're saying right? this, right? <laughs> yeah, that it's hard. That used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And it even comes up in White Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. White Christmas. And we're like uh, again, like <laughs> yeah. If you, if you didn't have a, a black actor to play your part, you. Well, you know, it, it, well, it wasn't even it wasn't even that they didn't have a black actor. It's just that they were doing. Well, I know, but. The, 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 that was, you know, the blackface vaudeville and stuff like yeah. that. That was the, the the minstrel shows. The minstrel shows, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some of that bleeds over into some old school classic movies. But like Christmas in Connecticut, I was explaining this to a coworker of mine. Like, it has everything that you want from a Christmas romance comedy, 
but it doesn't land. Like it just it's 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 almost a perfect Christmas movie, but it just needs like one more draft. Mm. Mm-hmm. No. But um are we done with the Grinch? Yeah, I'm done with the Grinch. No. Okay, so. Um turn. My perennial classic, I literally almost every year I've been watching this. Um is it's a wonderful life. Um, I I don't say that in jest. I don't say it because it's oh it's on every it yeah. <laughs> um, I have for the listeners at home. I have a piece of uh, artwork, a print that Brandon did of "It's a Wonderful Life" in his yeah, it's, it's, wonderful watercolor cartoony sort of stuff. Actually, this is more a realistic style. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's it's a wonderful life is is one of my favorites. I've done two illustrations of it now at this point. Um, you know, I've never really gotten into it on the podcast, but depression is something I, I deal with. And it's an anti-suicide movie. You have, yes. you have, um, Jimmy Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, uh, but, uh, Banks, um, Bailey, Bailey, uh, can't think of his name. I, I had it earlier, but George, George Bailey. You have George yeah. Bailey, who is at the end of his rope. He's done because of a, a, a banking situation. He he's probably going to go to jail by no fault of his own. He's done nothing wrong, but there's no way to prove that he hasn't done anything wrong. And he's he's on the bridge. He's going to commit suicide and. A angel who needs his wings, Clarence, shows up and and gives him this like, your life is meaningful. You have done good things. This world would be worse off without you. In a very sci-fi Twilight Zone esque <laughs> manner, um, just kind of drops him into a world where he never exists. Um. And it's this beautiful movie where he comes back to his own timeline going, okay, I'm jail. Doesn't seem so bad. I can do this. And then everyone in his life pulls together and helps him out of this situation. So you mentioned that it's a sort of an anti-suicide movie. I'll admit that it's been a long time since I've actually watched It's a Wonderful Life, but I remember specifically thinking to myself the first time I watched it, this isn't a Christmas movie. It's an anti-suicide movie. It's a good movie. It just takes place at Christmas. How do you feel, Brandon? Um, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> you know, you're about to get an Go on. When he says, here's the thing. Die Hard actually mentions Christmas more times than It's a Wonderful Life. (laughs) Yes, okay. Um, But not only is it about, not only does it take place at Christmas, it is quintessentially about goodwill towards men and peace on earth. Mm. Even though it is not, we don't see the, you know, the climax of the movie takes place in front of a Christmas tree. Um, and, and, you know, and no, it doesn't deal with Santa. No, it doesn't deal with, you know, the holiday spirit. And so the themes of Christmas are throughout the whole movie. Yes. Uh, Frank Capra is my favorite director. Um, Frank Capra 
he there's something special about him where I'm I'm impressed with people who can do things that I can't do. You know, Same and he he does classic Americana, but he he doesn't in such a way that he doesn't shy away from the problems. It doesn't become propaganda. Mr. Smith goes to Washington is a love letter to our constitution and to our government, but at the same time addresses corruption in Congress. Mm. You know, um, it happened one night is essentially, you know, your road picture across America, but still deals with poor houses and, 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 you know, the poor and, and getting from point A to point B when you don't have money. And, you know, Frank Capra does these incredible movies that that are so full of Americana that make you proud to be an American, but also addresses like the real issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something special that happens when he works with Jimmy Stewart. You get It's a Wonderful Life. You get You Can't Take It With You. You get, you know, these these beautiful films, The Shop Around the Corner, um, you know, and... And I think their best collaboration is It's a Wonderful Life um, because it is so deep. It goes deep. It, it's, you know, you know, even young uh, George Bailey is a man of integrity to the point where he'll stand up to his boss and get slapped for it, you know? And George Bailey is always doing the right thing at his own expense. You know, it's it's almost Peter Parker Spider-Man was without the superhero stuff. It's all about responsibility. Without the boring superhero stuff. <laughs> yeah. He's going to stay there and manage the bank and let his brother go off and, and have the exciting career and the, the bride but he's going to stay there and manage the family business. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's going to sacrifice his honeymoon to make sure that uh, the bank doesn't close the, 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 you know, oh, savings and loan. The, the thing I love about this stuff, cause you know, all this stuff is like, you know, happening when the angel finds out this is what's happening in his life. One thing I love about it is that, it's like Ryan was saying, it's really not, not through any fault of his own. And yet it's because of his positive actions that have kind of led to him being where he ends up. Like everything he does isn't for selfish motivations. Yes, he did sacrifice his honeymoon, but it wasn't because he was like, I got to stay in work. I got to keep my nose to the grindstone. It was because he feared for the people who had their money in his bank. It was because he's like, oh, God, we got to help these people as best we can, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't for, like, oh, because I'm working for a bigger, better life. It was because, oh, we need to help these people, you know? Mm-hmm. When he uh, goes to work for his dad, or when he takes over for his dad, it's not because this is what I'm expected to do. He's wanting and raring to go to Europe. He's wanting to go to school and to travel and to do all these big things that, you know, a lot of people have planned for their lives. But it's because 
at the end of the day, even if that's not where he wants to be, to him, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily what he wants to do, per se, but he knows... He doesn't want to do, really. <laughs> but he knows if he doesn't at least try to help, like, yeah. things could be a lot worse because he didn't, didn't try to help people, you know? Right. You listen here, Mr. Potter. This town would be a poorer place without the savings and loan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's the only man willing to stand up to Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, Bailey. That was decent. <laughs> thank I, Jimmy Stewart's my guy. Um, you know, and uh, he, like that movie just means so much to me. And the story, you know, like when it came out, it did bad. It did not do well really? in theaters. It it's only had the life that it's had because of. No, it's like this cult classic. Yeah, it, it only had the life it's had because of uh, early 1950s television rights. They didn't have to pay for "It's a Wonderful Life," so they just ran. They didn't have to pay royalties. Huh. So they ran the crud out of it. Was it? I guess that's like more of a historical copyright issue than anything else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huh. So it was in the public domain for several years and um it has been I don't know how that works. Somebody mm-hmm. sued and got it Universal got it out of the public domain. Um but it was in the public domain. How do you get something out of the I I don't know. <laughs> um you know. So it's set to go back into the public domain in like a year or two. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 absolutely my favorite Christmas movie, um, and it it does mean a lot to me. And and I will say this: if you've never watched it, watch it. Um, watch the watch the black and white version. There's a colorized version. I saw it for the first time uh, three years ago. Yep. Never okay. seen it in my entire life. I've never life. seen the whole thing. Maybe like clips here and there that was on TV. And I was like, you got to watch this movie, honey. It was probably about six years ago for me for the first time as well. Um, I came to it actually through Batman. <laughs> right. Animated there's, series. Uh, Batman uh, special. I mean, yeah, there's a Christmas special called Christmas with the Joker. Yep. Right. And um, at one point, um, Robin's trying to talk Batman into taking the night off. because like, it's Christmas Eve. No one's doing anything. Let's go home and let's watch It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Batman goes, you know, I've never seen that. I could never get past the title. <laughs> um, and so, like, yeah. I, I, I went and found, like, that was my introduction to It's a Wonderful Life was through Batman. Was this, like, the Batman the Animated Series? Yes. yes. Wow, Season I don't one. Season I do one. not remember yep. that at all. <laughs> one, like, episode three, Christmas with yeah. the Joker. Yep. That's a great episode. Yeah. I have but, no memory of, of that episode in particular. I have memories of a lot of the episodes, but not that one. <laughs> oh, no, Christmas with the Joker is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's a weird Batman episode because um, it plays more into the Dick Spring Batman of the, the 40s and 50s giant joker heads coming out of um uh, jack in the boxes and stuff like that um but it's all batman that, that all came from the comics uh, i was gonna say justin um as somebody who came to it as an adult what's your opinion on it's a wonderful life 
I enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't what I expected it to be because, you know, I was expecting this Christmas movie. <laughs> you know, and like you said, it's not really a Christmas movie. It's I'm so sorry I've done this to us. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but I, 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 I think it's a great movie. I I don't watch it very often. I always it's always one of those I always forget about. But I do enjoy it when I do watch it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's a little I, bit I, of a tearjerker, but it's good. I think that's what it is. I think for most Christmas movies, that one in particular is a bit heavy you know mm-hmm. i mean the the content of itself is quite literally this guy is deciding to not kill himself yes you know? yes like it, it's great obviously now, now as an adult i can see it being a good christmas movie but it's not necessarily the first one i would tell people to watch right because it's not very, very christmassy <laughs> it's, it, you know it, I, again, yeah. it, it feels more like a twilight zone episode yeah but it's good mm-hmm. And, oh, I mean, not that Twilight Zone's not. I love and, Twilight Zone. I, I, <laughs> no, no, it's canon. You I, I said it was say bad. That <laughs> hey, it's probably a good thing I saw it first as an adult than as a kid. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. a kid, it would have thrown me off completely. Mm. They like said it, it. It's darker. It's deeper than than most. Um, but it, you know, also one of the things that happens at this time of the year normally. Mm-hmm. The suicide yeah. rates go up. People yeah. are sad. It's cold. It's dark. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of factors this time of year that, you know, lead to it. And yes. people who don't suffer from depression don't think of it like that. They think, oh, Christmas is great. You know, yeah. you got all the lights and then blah, 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 blah. But it can, for some people, be a very hard time of the year to get It, it can be very mm-hmm. dark. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and not even just in America too. Like in places around right. the world. Like um, I know in particular in Japan, um, the suicide rates like in particular they're higher than other places because of a variety of cultural reasons. But I know right. in particular this year in Japan the suicide rate has been much higher than normal, and yeah. already normal is higher than most. So yeah, it it that whole thing can affect everybody. Everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's kind of neat that as a society, every year we put on this this movie that just kind of says your life matters. Mm-hmm. You don't may not see it, you may not see it, yeah. but your life matters. Yeah, you matter. You're worth it. You don't even realize how much. Yeah, yeah. that's important. I mean, you can look at anybody. Know. Look, like you said, Bonnie, you may not see it because that's just because you're too close to the problems. <laughs> If, as an outsider, I could say that you right. Know, and depression clouds your viewpoint. Yeah, mm-hmm. and but it's yeah. like I could tell you, at you know, like I could say, like, you Bonnie, you've affected everyone in this group in this way. Same for you know Lewis, Wayne, Justin, everyone. You know, you've affected everybody just in this group in these positive ways. Right. You know? and right. Not, and it's sad because I feel like not everyone gets that perspective. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it, again, it's it's Frank Capra felt it was his best movie he ever made. 
Jimmy Stewart felt it was one of the best movies he ever made. It just took half a century for people to be like, yeah, this Realize, is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I didn't see it till I was in high school and I saw something else. It was literally like a animated line drawing of the scene where he scissors pedals, my mouth's bleeding, George, my mouth's bleeding. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. It wasn't my mom's. And my mom's like, it's from a wonderful life. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I had to watch the movie, you know? And I'm like, yeah, oh, this, it didn't make sense now. It didn't make any sense before. Yeah, this movie is <laughs> This guy's happy because his mouth's bleeding and something about pedals, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, in terms of, of references and all that, like I, I'm pretty sure there's references to this movie in like Animaniacs, Everything. there's references in Batman, you know, like yeah. all these things that you would never expect to reference, but like it's where a lot of these things come from, you know, yes. Mm-hmm. And, sure. and again, like you know, I, I can't harp on, on this movie enough. It, in addition to all the this. The, the the goodwill towards now has one of the sexiest scenes in all of Hollywood. The moment where the young George Bailey's walking home from the dance mm. and she has a robe on and gets stuck behind the tree and and you know he's deciding whether or not to give it back to her. Yeah. Or kind of walks around the bush. And- I love it. <laughs> you know, he's all set to a back door, but then he's like, you know. Not every guy has this opportunity. <laughs> like, how often does this come along for anyone? You know, right? You know? Has this ever happened to you? <laughs> nope. You know, it, it, it's one of the most beautiful scenes in all of Hollywood. You can take that bit completely out of context and it, it holds up. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you, you move right into, you know, George, your dad's had a heart attack. And he just throws the robe and he's got to go. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my Christmas special holiday. You know, that's my favorite. All right. So. A good one. Well, it's a wonderful one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know Dave didn't do this one, but Dave early on said uh, he wanted to uh, talk about a Christmas story. A Christmas, Christmas story. story. Mm-hmm. Yo, that is, your eye out. Yeah. That's his favorite. <laughs> Surprising no one. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just watched it for the first time this year. No way, really? You've never I, seen it. I was. I go. Oh, we're watching it. So we watched it together, and he. I was. I was really glad that he liked it. <laughs> so, what did you think of it, Brandon? I um, watched it as a kid, and I was super annoyed with that stupid boy. Well, like, I might enjoy it more now, but I was really annoyed with the guy. I did I, not get it as a kid. I hated his brother. The, oh. I thought. I thought it was annoying, but I was a kid, and I didn't care about BB guns, so. It really didn't matter to me. They they do a twenty four hour marathon on Christmas Day of it's, so it was always just like I never cared for it because the like really you're going to devote twenty four hours as one movie. You and never it watched always, it. Always seems cynical, really cynical to me. Yeah. So I never. Well, it's it's it. one of those movies that's kind of like it's it's funny, but it's like also dark funny. You know. It is. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I've been quoting the one line all uh, all the season of a fudge. 
but I didn't <laughs> say fuck. fuck. <laughs> you know, right? Um, I I was impressed. I enjoyed it for coming to it for the first time. You know, it's the second one, but it's not as good as the first one. I've, I've there's heard a of sequel. There yeah. is. Yeah. I only know that because after I bought it, they recommended the sequel. I'm like. I'm going to pass on that. Yeah, no. It lost me at the soap poisoning scene where he's like pretending years from now he's buying from soap poison. I'm like, what does this have to do with it? I don't understand. But again, I was like 10 when I saw it. See, the funny thing is that scene in particular actually spoke to me as a child because I remember (laughs) having those thoughts as like, hmm, because my mom did used to, you know, wash my mouth out with soap. And so like as a kid, like, hmm, you know, what can I do? What's within my childlike power? I liked it as a kid was because I was also prone to such insane random fantasies that Mm -hmm. never in a million years would actually happen. (laughs) That like... Like if we think about an adult, you're like okay, that would never happen. Even if you ate a thousand bars of soap, like yeah. you know, what right? I mean? Like what like, killed so, him? The soap. <laughs> so I, it, it spoke to me because, again, as a kid with a very active imagination, oh my gosh, you would laugh if you heard of the obscure, ridiculous scenarios I came up with in my head at like ten. You know? <laughs> so that's why I liked it as a kid. I, oh, I like man. it better now as an adult now that I understand a little bit more, like of some of the the adult part of it. The one thing though, like coming out of the movie, I was like. Oh, I'm gonna buy my dad the BB gun as a gag gift. <laughs> I hopped online; it was like two hundred bucks. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm yeah. not buying this BB gun for my dad as a gag. Yeah, gift. to buy a, no. a classic one. Yeah, they're they still make them. <laughs> they still make them. Plus, I'm sure the price will spike in the in the winter season too because of that specifically. Like, yeah. Yes. If you, you bought the... for your dad in July, it would be cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> Five fifty cents. Not only do they sell replica BB guns, they sell replica leg lamps. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Yeah, I have. Well, my my folks at their house have a little. It's basically a nightlight that you plug in. It's about this big of the leg lamp, and it's got little fringing on it. It's got fake netting around the leg. It lights up. Nice. I want the big one. I want the big one. <laughs> the pressure down. down. The, the scene that that. The scene that really saddens me about that movie is when the pack of dogs dash through the kitchen and knock the turkey on the floor. Yeah. As a cook and the guy who has done turkeys for (laughs) holiday meals, it just, it's like, no. Mm -hmm. God, that is part of the film. Every time. He's just done. This thing he slaved over. He picks up a piece of turkey and like throws it. You know, yeah. like, he would never do that before. Like as a guy who's fought with like homeowners, like fought with over a furnace or fought like trying to fit. I, just coming to it for the first time as an adult, like the dad. I'm like, yeah. You know, like I get all I get all that. So you mentioned like quotes and stuff. This movie in particular is one of the ones that I can quote not word for word, but like little pieces of it stick in my head, like fragile. Oh, it must be Italian. <laughs> like I, I will just say that randomly. It's like after getting an Amazon package, you know, like... <laughs> surprisingly, I'll, I quote the, you'll shoot your eye out way more often than I really should. Considering <laughs> like, it's a very like referencing a very specific thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. that comes out of my mouth more often during the year than yeah, it probably should. 
As a kid, I also couldn't expect he got away with it. He thought up a lie and he thought it up quick. But an icicle hit my eye. And I'm like, he almost shot his eye out. Good thing he wore glasses. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I shot my eye out. Right? I'm like, yes, you should go. Oh, he didn't actually shoot his eye out. That would have been vindication. No. <laughs> the first time I saw it and that it happened, I was like, well, that's not the kid's fault. That's the dad's fault for not giving him proper instruction before he took it outside. Mm-hmm. You know. Very true. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like, so if the kid shoots his eye out, that's their fault, not his. Then get him a left hand. I, I was five when my dad got me a, a BB gun. We lived out in the country, and he took the time to, you know, Here's the do's and don'ts. You don't aim it at people. You don't aim it at yourself. You know, this is the sight that you use to aim at what you're wanting to hit. And he didn't know it, but the the gun shot slightly crooked. I didn't know any better. We had dirt road went by our house and the bank of a canal, and I would take like cereal boxes and things and line them up and then walk back across the road. And then I would sit and aim for different letters and stuff like that. And I got really good at it. And I was, I'd gone through a couple of things of of BBs. And so my dad came out, was going to show me how it's done. (laughs) Well, I had learned, I didn't know it was shooting crooked, but I had learned to compensate for it. Was well, no, hit to this side. I need to, t- and so and I was compensating for it and hitting what I wanted to hit. And and he came out and he couldn't hit a darn thing with it. <laughs> his Kentucky windage. This is shooting crooked. Here, let me fix it. <laughs> and then I couldn't hit anything with it. <laughs> Ruined my gun. It wouldn't shoot right anymore. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. <laughs> I, I will say though, every time I watch that movie now as an adult, the the Chinese restaurant scene kind of right? <laughs> makes me go like, "Ooh, I is this okay? I don't know anymore." I know. Am I allowed to laugh? I don't think so, but I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. Those old movies, Maylene and I love Turner Classic old movies, and every once in a while, even with like a perennial classic, you come up against. Black face or yellow face or, or just something that you're like, ooh, I don't know if I should laugh at this or not. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, uh, I guess everything is a little bit problematic in context after the fact, right? I forget the studio. There was there was some studio. They they were because the the re-editing and deba- debate of some things. Of like going in and, and removing certain scenes or changing scenes after the fact. I forget what studio it was. It might have been Universal saying, "We do not go back and change things, even if it doesn't uh, meet today's standards." Right. We don't want to history. Happen. Mm-hmm. I know Warner Brothers did that because um, there was a debate about. Some of like the Tom and Jerry stuff of taking out the stereotypical. Yeah. Oh know, God, yeah. The... <laughs> and so there was at one point they actually had. And they froze up again. 
Uh, uh, yeah, you guys dropped out again, I think. You guys froze. Well, you guys froze on our end. We're, we're okay on our end. Hold on. Can, can you there hear you us? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I think you're... I, I can't, like, the, the video was frozen, but I think we can hear you. The oh. audio, I guess, is working. Yeah. The audio wasn't working yeah. previously, but this time... For us, uh, for the Warner Brothers... Or not. <laughs> or not. Or not. <laughs> Right. Hello. Okay. Oh gosh. You guys are kind of moving. We can. Okay. All we heard of that, Maylene, was for us. They're not. They're not hearing anything from us because we're all sitting here staring at the screen, listening for them to say something. (laughs) Oh my. Okay. So, but I was gonna say for Warner Brothers, they at one point they brought Whoopi Goldberg on. Uh, I don't know if it was TV or a movie or the DVDs. DVDs. And she was like, look, you know, these characterizations and everything are not okay in today's terms. And they really weren't okay back then. But we should not erase this stuff because to completely erase it is to erase what happened in history. And right. people will never learn right. why it's not okay. Yeah, it's one right. thing to say, "Oh, don't do that." It's a completely different thing to say. Here's why you don't do this anymore. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. well, like, not even just yeah. don't do that. Like to take it out would be to just pretend it never happened. Yeah, that's what she was saying. And that's not okay. She's yeah. like, you can't pretend that this didn't. This is part of history. It might yeah. not be a comfortable part of history that people want to talk about, but yeah. it it happened. It was a thing for a while. So she was like, "Don't we can't," you know. Just because we're not saying it's okay doesn't mean we, we shouldn't teach it. We shouldn't mm. talk about, hey, guess what? At one point, it was completely okay and accepted. Well, it was completely accepted for people, you know, who weren't black to put on blackface and, you know, put on a show. And- they made 46 Charlie Chan films with a Hispanic actor playing an Asian character. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, and then they, I know recently on Disney Plus, some of their movies, like earlier movies, they put on like, hey, just so you know, this is history. We don't agree with it now, but this happened. <laughs> also, Disney yeah. Plus is going through and editing some of their movies. I don't know which ones they're yeah. editing, but I know that the ones that they're putting the warning on are like Peter Pan, uh, Dumbo, and like there are like one or two other ones that have a warning before mm. the movie plays, you yeah. know. We lose him again. Oh, I think we lost you again. <laughs> no. All right, we... Something about oh Dumbo editing. All we Dumbo. heard was Dumbo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess we should probably call this. Um, uh, I don't even know how to end this. Everyone there? From the previous context, that's related yeah. to. This. <laughs> it's probably a good idea. Yeah. Moving now, but I don't know if can hear. Can you hear us now? Yeah, now we can. Yeah, now. now we're good. I think so. Yeah, we should probably just wrap this up. Probably, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how to wrap this up because it's not a normal... I don't know. Merry Yuletide, Happy Solstice, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas. Happy Conjunction. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah, the Conjunction. That was cool. Conjunction, Conjunction. The the two planets. Yes, that's that's the kind of conjunction that we're talking about. The schoolhouse rock. So we were watching the NASA live feed. Not NASA live feed. It was the, the... 
Lowell Observatory. The Lowell Observatory live feed. And one of the guys was talking mm-hmm. about the conjunction. And then they did a little pop-up of the conjunction junction. That's your fucking <laughs> really fast. And, and it was, they just had a laugh over it. So, so that's why we did it just then. Because they did it on their <laughs> observatory, you know, importantness. So... <laughs> Uh, uh, I have the entire collection of Schoolhouse Rock. Uh-huh. So we've been the bookies. Are we uh, signing <laughs> off now, I guess? Happy I guess so, yeah. Bye. Um, happy bye. holidays from the bookies. <laughs> yeah. Happy holidays, everyone. Have a good 2021. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> you can hope. So there you have it. That was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, very serious. Uh, I know it, it gets to, it goes to rough places, but, you know, hey, you got to challenge yourself as a reader. And uh, once again, if you're going to challenge yourself as a reader, I'd encourage you to go to destinycomics.com. That's comic spelled C-O-M-I-X dot com. And uh, check out some of the good things that, you know, if, if you've enjoyed this podcast, there's a good chance you might like our 8-bit uh, pulp anthology, which is a series of short stories written by the people of on the dais on the Bookies podcast. Um, so if you've enjoyed some of our banter and analysis, maybe you might want to check out some of our writing. Um, with that said, uh, once again, patreon.com slash destinycomics. It's the best way to support this podcast uh, with our um, book club of the month uh, club, our bookmark of the month club. And, uh, you know, again, thank you. I have to shout out to our our biggest supporter, Troy Tima, who, you know, sometime, you know, without his uh, donations, you know, make shows like this possible. So if you enjoyed our content, it's always going to be free, but, um, you know, hey, we need uh, all the support we can get. So thank you. And next month is uh, Bone Music. So we're stepping away from, you know, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, very serious. Now we're diving back into superheroes, something I love very much. And uh, we're going to get into some metaphysics superhero fiction. So Bone Music. All right, see you next time.